Good morning. It is Monday, October 3rd, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, again, the most active week of harvest so far this year just wrapped up. Hurricane Ian just devastated millions in Florida. U.S. equities reflected increasing concerns about recession here in the U.S. and around the world. Okay, I got the. I think I got the game count right on it now, Jim. The the Yankees, uh, Aaron Judge, sits on 61 home runs with four games left against the Rangers before the playoffs start. I got to throw this in here at the end of the year. The Cubs have won seven in a row. <laughs> <laughs> They've won. They've won eleven of their last twelve games, Jim. It's. I've seen a couple. They're kind of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Nationals actually won two in a row. But you know, it's hard, Chip, losing over a hundred games a year. Oh, it is. I think it's harder to lose a hundred than win a hundred. Than win a hundred, you almost got to try at it. Yeah. That's that's for sure. A couple of more serious ones here. The Russia uh, Russia has annexed four regions of Ukraine. And Congress passed the stopgap spending measure to keep the federal government running. Good morning. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory, and that is pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, everything okay, buddy? Sure. Two more days, and I get my iPhone 14 Pro Max, so I'm happy. You are very excited. Yeah. And I got, I got my recent Android phone. You know, see the little one? I'm okay. back with this one. The flip, oh, flip. Very okay, cool. Um, got to have more than one. I'm a nerd. No, I I got to keep track of Android. You know, you've always been a nerd when it comes to that. <laughs> There's no question about it. Okay, let's start with the continuing resolution. Um, kind of run it down for us. What's in it? What's not? Well, what's not in it is any any uh, thing, you know, regarding what uh, sometimes centrist, uh, you know, Senator Joe Manchin wanted on permitting. Uh, and what's not in it is more COVID aid funding. What is in it is, uh, I think, a little over $13 billion for Ukraine, both financial and military assistance, uh, you know, weapons, if you will. And uh, some disaster aid, uh, but not agriculture disaster aid, Chip. That's going to come right. uh, in in the lame duck session uh, after November 8th elections. Bottom line, government is funded through uh, uh, December 16th. And lawmakers are going to come back to town November uh, 14th. So they'll have a month to chew on after the elections to get uh, uh, an omnibus spending bill through. Okay, so that's going to be the current Congress that comes back in that lame duck session, obviously. Yes. And it could be a Congress that is going to look very different in the next session. Uh, how How is that dynamic going to affect the the negotiations around it, this it could we have to see the results now if the republicans do better than some of the prognosticators say they could dig dig you know dig in their heels and vice versa chip if if the democrats surprisingly yeah. hold both camps well we could have a donny brook in that lame duck session absolutely that's that's one of those thoughts that i had yesterday driving down the road was just like now wait a minute boy when we get to the the spending um, bill, it's its going to be an interesting conversation either way, either yeah. way, I think. Yeah. So uh, any 
let's see. I've got some notes on it. Um, anything else in that that CR that that really caught your attention? The disaster aid. Oh, oh mandatory, the, uh, mandatory mandatory livestock price report yeah. is extended through the sixteenth, just like the funding is just right through, through December sixteenth. I don't know why they just don't extend it for five years and be done with it. It's just silly stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, an additional $1 billion for a program that helps low-income households heat their homes. That's the heating one. And that, yep. uh, you wonder why that section of the country doesn't go to a different way of heating. Yeah, I just, I've always wondered about that. Yeah. Well, it's because it might cost more to make the change than than what they've got right as things are so well with the wave an executive order you can help pay for that right well that's right <laughs> yeah that's exactly right all right uh if you would like to be part of the conversation or if you have any questions for jim uh go ahead and find that comments tab on your screen good morning melody melody's already found that and uh send us your questions send us your comments and we will uh we will jump right on it uh, Social Security Administration, $400 million in the CR for the Social Security Administration. Yeah, administration, uh, uh, catching up on some things and things like that. And I don't mind that since I'm I'm in the system now. So yeah. I, well, I, I, I support I'm, I'm, I'm close enough. I'll support that, too. Yes. What the heck? Yeah. So, um, okay, we, we had big reports last week, the... Oh the quarterly grain stocks report of course was was one of the biggest but the small grain summary came into play on the the major surprise factor there's no question about it because of that big change on acres jim what'd you learn about it well on the on the wheat you mean yeah yeah 128 million bushels less production and i think every class class of wheat chip went down and uh ironically as you told me over the weekend is what's shocking is that they took uh, that much of the wheat crop and the average trade guest still nailed the SEP one wheat stock. Right. How does that happen? <laughs> it shouldn't. No, but I did check with uh, Lance Honig at NAS and he said it was the largest change for winter wheat production from August to final, both in absolute and percentage terms. And that's big. Yeah. On acres. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it could be on crop size, too. It, I'm it, not... I ask him on crop size. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, because, you know, former World Board member Paul Myers, you know him. Yeah. And he was yeah. a consultant later on after he left USDA. He called me over the weekend. He said, Jim, that has to be the biggest percentage. Yeah. So uh, Paul's really good with those numbers. Even though he's yeah. retired, that jumped uh, that jumped out at him. Right, right. Yeah, and well, it jumped out at a lot of us, no question about it. And then, of course, the corn and, and the soybeans corn. were also surprises. And so, here's right. the three major crops, and you, you had surprises on each one of them, right? So, the corn was a combination of a downside revision to the 2021 crop. They took some acres off. They took some yield out. Uh, but then the usage was also higher than what was anticipated in the fourth quarter of the 2021-22 marketing year. So we end up with that big 
with, with grain stocks well below trade expectations. And then they added 30 million bushels to the to the 2021 bean crop and grain stocks, the September one bean stocks came in about 30 million bushels above the average trade guess. So yeah, it it uh it, these some of these changes were really difficult to anticipate. Well, I don't under I never understand soybean changes to that degree because you know, Chip, as as you well know, we have data checks on that. Yeah. We right. have export inspections and we have crush. Yep. You know, so yeah. I, I just don't understand. So that. we got, we, yeah, we got to September one and all the, you know, it's, it, there's a couple of things that are going on with that, Jim. And I think one of them might be a better understanding of how to track down each and every last bushel than what was implemented or in what was used hmm. in previous years. Uh, I think there's a greater understanding of transportation, you know, beans in transit. Uh, there's, and, and like I said, I think we're just better at tracking down each and every last bushel. Yeah. And with more, uh, corn and beans stored on the farm now, right? Yeah. At this time they're holding for higher prices that could, it's probably a, a better survey for NAS to do the commercial stocks. Yeah, right. It's me. Right. Right. Easy, okay. but not easy. Yeah. So yeah, the, it, it's funny how, when you throw, the two reports together, you get that head scratcher of a, a September one wheat stocks estimate of 1.776 billion bushels. I, you, you missed the crop by 135 million. <laughs> yeah. And there's not much give for corn now, is there? Oh no. Very tight. Very absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's back to the races. If we have any late season problems here. Well, and you know what? I think we do have a late season problem. Uh, there was there's a lot of corn in Minnesota and and uh, northern Iowa that got burnt by frost at the end. Ooh. Yeah, it just you know it, it was last week's frost, and it just wasn't quite there, and it ended the growing season for it because you. You can see the low-lying areas in fields as you get up into some of the hills in northeast Iowa. You can see those low-lying areas, and the corn looks a lot different than it does up on top of the hill. I have a so. lot of good Minnesota corn people who watch this program. Email me, you Minnesota yeah. corn producers. Let me know. Yeah, good, good. Um, over the weekend, I think we also found out that G.T. Thompson is looking into foreign ownership of U.S. farmland. What's that all about? Yeah, he and, he and uh, you know a couple other ones are leading the charge, and they had scores of House Republicans writing to the General Accountability Office. They want to study, Chip, of foreign ownership, an updated, if you will, and I think it's needed, of you know foreign ownership of U.S. farmland. And, you know, this, uh, for many reasons, Senator Grassley's been on this topic. I think he, yeah. He's mentioned that on AgriTalk several yep. times, but uh, they they wanted a full accounting background and things like that. And if you recall the controversial eventual uh, sighting of the Chinese, you know, purchase of Nebraska of uh, North Dakota farmland near the airport has raised some foreign policy concerns. Yeah, legitimately so. Yeah, absolutely. A, a U.S. investor could not make their way over to China and buy it out, buy 300 acres of ground outside of a Chinese uh, airfield. Yeah. So it looks to me they're going to have to true, true them up. <clears throat> yep. 
Okay. Over the weekend, a couple of things that we learned, Nord Stream pipelines are no longer leaking. That's good news, Jim. Yes, it is good news. And you had uh, in, in on profarmer.com this morning, I, I uh, there's a service in China called The Wire, or that reports on China called The Wire. And they looked at uh, the differences, the dramatic differences, uh, I know you realize, of Russia's uh, uh, energy uh, sales oh, yeah. and also China's purchases of Russia's LNG versus a dramatic downturn since the phase uh, one days of the U.S.-China trade agreement, uh, Chip. But, you know, you know, you know, they put out some good graphics on it. Yeah. Yeah. And you just wonder how much Russian energy is making it out to the rest of the world through you know it, it shows up in china and then ends up in europe or cross selling yeah the cross selling well uh, but putin's also worried he's got a lot of worries but he's also worried about his wheat exports it broke up uh, reuters oh, yeah. had a story uh, that they're starting to finance their yeah. exports so that that's that's a big change chip that tells me he's he's uh, worried about foreign exchange even though and revenue yeah he's just revenue. worried about where's the money going to come from now absolutely yeah. even though he had built up a lot of you know foreign capital uh he he's uh he's eating through it he he's in he's in a corner and that's why yeah. the concern has actually increased on the uh nuclear weapons right right okay uh let, let's stay on the fuel side of things here for just a moment because senior Biden administration officials pressed executives for some of the largest U.S. gasoline producers to curtail overseas sales. Yes. They're, trying to, they're trying to blame the storms, but there's more to it than that. Oh, Exxon. I mean, I didn't yeah. have time this morning to go into some of the Exxon mobile statements to them, but boy, they, they put a, a, a line in the sand on that one saying, don't you do this, you know, and agriculture has a lot of focus on this one chip because, you know, if they do that, can they come around in a very, exactly. very tight year and put a suspension on, uh, on say, you know, for example, us corn exports. I just think this is an important item to watch. It is. It's exceptionally important to watch. Um, this is this this is the kind of interference that has multiple levels of unintended consequences. Well, the pressure is going to rise here because, again, over the weekend, Wall Street Journal and others reported that OPEC Plus is meeting this Wednesday, and some reports say that they're going to cut production over a million barrels. You know, and uh, that's going to ratchet. You you had uh, crude both Brent, the international market, and WTI, the domestic market, surge. What about four percent? You know, today I haven't looked at prices lately. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is. Oh yeah, we're up. Whoa, we're up uh, almost six percent in in WTI crude and a little over five percent in Brent. So we're off to the races, Chip. We're almost at ninety dollars Brent crude and a little right. over eighty four dollars. You know, uh, um, WTI. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, no... these are market moving uh, issues. Right. Right. November November crude oil is up four seventy. So. I mean, it's a pretty good move. It's it's having, it looks like it might be having a little bit of impact on soybean oil, but we've got corn and, and wheat futures are higher in the overnight. 
and just getting things kicked off here this morning as we speak, really. Uh, okay, a couple of other things from the weekend, and I'm going to call this one from the weekend, even though it happened later later on uh, Friday. Another one from the Biden administration. Considering the Cold War, Cold War era law for clean energy to encourage uh, domestic production of clean energy technology, solar panels, transformers, hy hydrogen fuel cells. The Trump administration did it with coal. Yeah, they're they're learning from some of the Trump moves on that one. That goes out with their number one issue: emphasize everything but crude oil. Yeah, that's really yeah. their their rule. It's just, yeah. That's it. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. You you don't dig faster. Okay. You you cannot dig faster and find more solar panels, transformers, and hydrogen fuel cells. Yeah. All right. That's what that's why it worked for coal production. You move in more stuff that's already available, you dig faster and you make more. The first thing that has to be done to get more of the clean energy isn't even clear, Jim. Do you do you mine more of the metals that are needed? Or do you build more factories or what? Yeah. How, how do you use this to, to increase clean energy production? I don't understand. Well, it's just a, they view reality differently. <laughs> that's, that's about the nicest way I can say it. They have a different reality. And you saw that on the border issues uh, in a Friday press event. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, said, you know, we need those immigrants to pick to pick uh, the yeah. farm products. I mean, wow. Uh, dude, the, the, some of the things that are said now, it, yeah. there, there's just a double standard. I, that, that, that's all there is to it, because if one side says it, uh, the the press just tears them apart. Yeah, if the other side says it, it's ignored. Most of the press. Most of the press. Yes, yeah. It's it just seems to be ignored. From Eric, Jim, just news a couple of hours ago. Nord Stream two st uh, start to flow again. Swedish yeah. news, no explanation. Well, I don't know about I didn't I I know we reported that there's no longer leaking of the either yeah. three or four instances, but you know I'd have to dig deeper as to far as what they did to stop it, you know. Right. But right. they've been yeah, working well, on it. We, we we will definitely get on that right away, Eric. About the reason how they did it, I guess right. he wants to know. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. Yep. Um okay. Uh Take us to the UK, Jim. The UK, my headline was you in brackets, you, you turn, but I put the K in between. You yep. <laughs> You talk about a fast development of throwing out a bombshell policy move to lower the taxes on the high earners in the UK. And that did not go well. And they pulled it back. Uh, so you had the British pound uh, reversed a little bit, not that dramatically. And the conservatives in the UK are having meetings this week, Jeff. So that yeah. that that forced the issue, I think. 
Okay. She has been pummeled where they, they some of them already won another prime minister yeah. election. So yeah. it was it was right or wrong. I mean, I, I think her theory was right, but it was the right timing, the, the yeah. wrong timing. Right. You just don't go that fast out of the right. talk about hit the ground running. <laughs> you fumble. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, real quick, let's take this one from Melody. Uh because then I want to get to the week ahead. South America and Australia both having spring weather issues. Reliance on either to make up U.S. shortfalls is iffy at best. You can't have a shortfall anywhere in the world right now and and and, and be comfortable with what it does to grain stocks. Yes. Corn, soybeans, wheat. Yes. And you know you're in trouble, Chip, if they ever have USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack on the Sunday news programs. That's when it will have gotten to peak uh, concern. Concern. I think yeah, it's going to come, but uh, I'm telling you, that, that, that very sensitive issues. And that's why I think farmers are holding. You know, they've had okay. pretty good levels to sell, but uh, more than a few are holding for, for just this possibility. Okay. As long as you brought up Secretary Vilsack, we've got him scheduled to be on the show live tomorrow, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, at 10.15, Big Apple Joe Stackler, producer of AgriTalk and of Signal to Noise, is, we, we are going to be in Madison at the World Dairy Expo. Vilsack will not be there. He'll be on the phone, but we'll still be able to have the, the conversation live while we're up there. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Well, he knows his dairy stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, we were going to record it, and after we told him that we were going to be at the World Dairy Expo, he says, you know what? I think I can do that live. <laughs> so, Good on him. Good yeah, on him. I, exactly. I think he probably wants to give a live shout out to, to everyone that is there. And we'll be in the DMI booth, by the way. Okay. So if you're going to be at the World Dairy Expo in Madison tomorrow, stop by the booth. Love to see you. Okay. Let's jump over to what's happening this week. And well, as I look Friday. ahead. Friday's the big, the big one with the jobs report, Jeff. Okay. That's the okay. big one. That's the bottom line right there. That's the bot well, no, there's other things. Today, yeah. today is big. Today starts it off pretty strong. The Supreme Court begins yeah. their new session, and front and center is the challenge uh, for the wetlands relative to the Clean Water Act, and we're talking WOTUS. And mm -hmm. most observers are thinking they're going to narrow that definition, which, if so, that would be a win for the U.S. Act sector. So, when, this goes back to a ruling that was made June. earlier this year, right? June. 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 Where basically they said, listen, uh, White House administration of, in, of, of any era, uh, stop making up rules and let Congress do it. Is that what this That's is based hard. on? Part of it. That's part okay. of it. But they, it, it's really looking at they 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 overreached on on in this particular case where it was the Idaho couple, and they've taken on, they've taken on the administration before, Chip. So it's an interesting issue. But uh, and EPA is holding off in abeyance. Uh, they'll complement whatever the Supreme Court is going to rule. That's what they've been saying for months. Right. Well, right. we're going to see. Right. Okay. But this maybe will, nothing's ever settled in this town, but I think it'll go a big way to settling 
the wetlands uh, issue. Okay, good, good. But we... the other one Aggies are watching for is later this month with the challenge to California's Proposition Prop 12. 12 relative to the uh, right. hog production. And uh, I covered it a lot in our Sunday, the uh, week ahead, for background. And that's going to be big, Chip, because if, it, if, if the uh, uh, Supreme Court doesn't halt that Proposition 12, the activists in California and other states are going to use that as a template to come at agriculture and other industries. Mm -hmm. So it, it's big. It is big. Yeah. And, and th how this goes, uh, the Prop 12 at the Supreme Court level is going to, um, is going to have a big impact on how the Q3, the question three out of Massachusetts, it's handled as well. Same thing. Ab absolutely. Yeah. There it should be all halted in, until this one. So it's right. uh, <clears throat> look at uh, the National Pork Producers and the Farm Bureau's brief. I think they've done a very good job of putting facts in there. Yep. So we're going to see a little uh, tidbit for you. I know I told you I delved into this with a graphic using artificial intelligence over the weekend, Chip. It's unbelievable. All you have to type in is uh, a hog vo uh, voting in an election and it creates a graphic for you in 30 seconds yeah I, a I, unique I, graphic a unique graphic that's yeah. yours and then yeah. i just went into photoshop to put some text in there but it's just mind-boggling what's happening in our arena with the graphics uh, aspect yeah absolutely Absolutely. Okay. We are going to get to Gary's comment here before we're done. It's rather, it's rather long. Do you want to, you're reading it right now. Um, I, I didn't call her a fascist. Jim didn't call her a fascist. Some, we said other people are, were we said that, that she is being reported as, you know, that that's how she's been labeled. And, yes. uh, and Gary, I agree with you. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree with you when I watched her speech and Jim made the same comments to me. He was like, she doesn't sound that bad to me yeah. talking you know, about the things that are important to her. It's like when I listened all the time to Colin Peterson and I would write about him, I always put him as a Republican. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, uh, oh, you're you're right on, Gary. But it's just these little areas that we niche people. It, well, that's right. And what this is is it's another attempt. And the thing is, it's happening on a global scale to 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 paint the leaders that are all about God, family, and love of country as something unpatriotic as a fascist yeah because it doesn't fit with the progressive movement and i know early on i saw some reporting that she was uh, very close to putin and i had to revise because the more i checked into her she uh, she was no. in favor of ukraine uh on on in in the uh in the war uh so yeah, yeah. Uh, now we have to see what she does you know you can talk absolutely but you have to see how they walk as well yeah, yeah, but no, that's that's good, Gary. I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, 
yeah, it, it was worth another go back to that. Uh, real quick on, on Ukraine, Jim, uh, the government, Ukraine is going to apply for NATO? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of hurdles. I just don't yeah. see that happening, uh, if it does, anytime soon, Chip. But uh, they that was a, a finger pointing back at Putin. Right. And the, the big reason that NATO probably would say no at this point is because th then all of a sudden the NATO countries are at war. It that would be the last straw for if there is any. Well, Putin. they'd be obligated. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. And for Putin as well. Yeah. You know, you just don't uh, don't go too far too fast. Yep. Yep. I can't believe that we are in the final days of the baseball season, and I'm going to be more interested in watching American League than National League. Because for the Yankees, you mean? Yeah, uh, for Judge. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I watched, they had a great series, Atlanta and New York Mets. Uh, oh, yeah. Or Atlanta, because I just don't like anything New York. But uh, <laughs> uh, even though Scherzer's on the team and he lost, the Atlanta took it to them. They won three games. So yeah. the Mets uh, succumbed. So it looks like Atlanta's going to win the division again. Yeah. Again, no doubt about it. And my Our, Cardinals, my Cardinals had a great opportunity with Pujols. My Cardinals. And, <laughs> my Cardinals. Listen, I have to go to a team that wins because look at what Washington is doing with both the whatever they call the Redskins yeah. now, Commanders or, or Commanders and, and Nationals. I mean. We deserve better than that. <laughs> I love it. All right. Today on AgriTalk, we've got Machine Repeat and Chris Edgington from the National Corn Growers Association. That is at 10.06 Central. This afternoon, Jared Creed from JC Marketing at 2.06 Central. I hope to uh, have you join us for both hours of AgriTalk today. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.